Sitting in the front seat of his car, Lee Boyd Malvoy could hear the footsteps tracing back. After a brief interaction with his companion John Allen Muhammad, he climbed to the back seat, folded it, and took his position. Through the hole drilled in the trunk of the Chevy, he could see his target. A man with a shopping cart trying to put things into the trunk of his small little sports car. He took aim, but all of a sudden he decided to change places with his wife. He's got a new target, but that didn't bother him. All he was designed was to kill. His fingers pulled the trigger. The Franklins, Linda and Ted, just finished shopping at the Home Depot. They were finding it hard to fill their little car with the stuff that they bought. Ted decided to help Linda with it and change position with her. She coming back to the boot of the car, holding the shopping cart. In a minute, he heard a noise. And he felt something hit his face. It took him some time to realize that his wife has been shot through the head. And the thing that he felt on his face was her blood. Welcome to another episode of Right Friend Geek Show. I'm your host Vishnu and with me is my brother Shankar. And today we are going back to the topics that he likes to discuss, serial killers. Yeah, so I'll be doing most of the talking in this episode. So serial killers and serial killing is one of your favorite subjects to discuss. Uh, I'm not that much into it. What is it that is fascinating you? Is it the gory details of the murders and stuff like that? I'm not sure. No, no, no. I'm glad that you brought that up because I even I was getting sick of the gory stuff and the violence which is involved with serial killing. Because if you look into it, the last previous three episodes which we did uh, were mostly related on the violence and the gory stuff which were uh, done by the serial killers. So this episode, we're going to take a different route where we talk about the DC killers. Have you heard about them? I have heard about them. I, it is that scary thing where uh, people in Washington, D.C. and nearby areas like Virginia, they were all being shot down by some unknown guy, right? Uh, who had a sniper with him. Yes. So, uh, what happened is that, uh, unlike other serial killers, these guys would just randomly choose some person on the street and shoot them down without any trace. And there, there were like no proper motive which cops could find out at first, which made the case even more difficult. Well, that's kind of scary, right? I mean, you can't even get out of your house. You don't know when you're going to get shot in your head. All these things probably wouldn't have happened if, you know, um, there was something called gun control in effect like we have in our country. 
right it would be so much easier to control these gun crimes every other day you know uh, you can hear the school shootings happening i mean our country has a different kind of crime that is happening uh, off late which is even more worse uh, we'll talk about it later sometime but gun control is something that i don't understand why is it so hard to implement i mean just don't give the guns in hands of normal citizens right reserve it for the armed forces and the cops well we are talking about controlling you know uh, like the access of guns to like uh, normal people but there they're talking about giving it to everyone and control the hell inside no how it's going to work but so we are not the one wants I, to talk i'm just trying to understand <laughs> so terrorists they blast bombs right so does it mean that you give a bomb to every other uh, citizen well that's their plan <laughs> i don't know how it'll work but it's stupid you can say that of course it is stupid that's why people like dc killers and i mean wh- whoever this person we are going to talk about all people we are going to talk about they exist yeah so uh, getting back to the serial killer incident so the perpetrators were uh, john allen mohammed and uh, lee boyd malvo john allen mohammed was a retired army officer actually i think he was suspended because of his rash behavior he's the kind of person who is to get very angry and stuff i am sure that they would have tried to link this with the 911 attack that happened of course they did pre- so what that. happened was like when they started the killing spree uh, people thought that the ter- terrorists were behind this and they were actually scheming to do something on, like which is larger than life probably something like the uh, like the 911 thing but later on when uh, you know cops caught them they realized they had no connection with the terrorists but other than that they had a different motive and as i told you like they they couldn't figure out what the motive uh, was uh, behind uh, these two guys killing people at random so uh, which created another issue like uh, the cops didn't have any leads to pursue uh, and the media was not helping either like whenever uh, the cops got some leads the media would leak it to the public and public means these two guys are out there and they they were actually able to see all these news and find out where they stand uh, when it comes to like uh, how much the cops know about them that is really bs if you ask me right if if i don't understand why these cops are leaking it to the media first of all that is not required right i think there was one of the previous uh, episodes where we spoke about the same thing in i don't remember exactly which serial killer case was that but where the co- uh, media leaked the information to uh, information to the public and all that stuff Which i think it was, was ramirez uh, he was caught in the end like, yeah the, the mayor one. or someone went ahead and uh, published it to the, the whole shoe, the shoe yeah, thing correct, yeah correct. it was ramirez so similar kind of thing happened but in this case it actually resulted in uh, you know the the investigation going to another side and you know stalling the catching of the culprit so this is what happened In the evening of October 2nd 2002 um a shot was fired at a local store where uh, a lady a cashier was standing there but the thing was she was not hit by that uh, it just pierced through the glass and you know missed her so no one cared about it actually and they left it they didn't investigate much about it so uh, later on like few hours later at around like 9 pm uh there was a shooting which happened uh like a few a uh, few miles away from the same place and a person was killed that's when they got to know that oh probably you can link this incident with that and uh it was just one murder right so uh, police started an investigation right away but they were like they never thought that it would be uh, a case of a serial killer but the next day on october the 3rd uh, within the span of 4 hours from 7 7:40 to almost like 10 o'clock in the morning in the span of just 2 hours four murders happened 
these guys roamed around the city they chose one spot they chose one person at random shot them and killed them which year was uh, gta vice city released I wasn't think it, it was 2002? 2003. It was it 2003? So Liberty Let's, City came before that, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, wait a second. You just talk. I'll just I'm research just, on that. I, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> Did these guys play Vice City so much or GTA so much that they felt that going around and shooting people in a car randomly is kind of an okay kind of a thing? I'm just trying to understand that. Oh, it was released. You know when it was released? 2002, right? October 27, 2002, which was like three days after the culprits oh, were caught. So that is that is Vice City. So yeah. Liberty City was the one yeah, before yeah. that, if I remember right. Vice City was the one which you used to play a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which which had these two different island kind of places yeah. and a bridge in between and yeah. all that. And Liberty City was the one before that which I didn't like because it was very dark and the graphics was not. See, that but great. the thing was when it was released, it was a huge hit because there was no like three D like. Uh, open world uh, games at that time and probably they played it to who knows i'll tell you the reason i like gta very much is because in normal games let's say you take a racing game formula 1 or whatever it is you can do just that that's all you can do you cannot get out of your car and do some other stuff right and if you're playing uh, fifa which i don't you play a lot i i actually don't know how to play fifa i'm just confessing yeah, I've seen this you play you just uh, you know when you get the ball you'll just run straight <laughs> That's your issue. This is my confession. So the only FIFA game I used to play was 2002, which the World Cup series. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know why? In that see, in that game, there was a, I should say, a cheat kind of a shot. When you start, uh, when you get the kick off, the first, what do you call it? The the kick off goal. You can yeah, score kick off goal you can from sc- the center. Exactly. If you uh, if you do the right thing, it will result in a goal for sure. Okay, I'll explain it to you in a much uh, simpler way. Like uh, in that game, you had this power shot kind of thing. Like if you have a power star, like a star who is like very popular, like yeah, Michael like, Owen, yeah, David Beckham, Gerard, uh, Steve McManaman, Paolo Maldini, yeah, let's uh, someone stick to like David that. Beckham. Yeah, David Beckham. So if you take the kick off uh, thing with him, you can just uh, press the D like. almost like 90% and it'll surely go inside the yeah so that's goal. what i used to do i used to make use of all that uh, shots and i used to win the game so that was only fifa i played hardly win the game so coming back <laughs> to the point about games so in fifa you can just play fifa but the thing with gta was that you could do multiple things you can do racing in it you can pick up whichever car or motorcycle even helicopter if you want yeah and you can randomly run a, run to places even fly a plane i think there was a water yeah, yeah, plane yeah. or something yeah, yeah, like that can. and there was a lot of map to explore as well it it felt it felt really uh, you know real and all that stuff and the recent one gta 5 i've never played it but seems like the world is becoming even bigger with every other season so yeah i was just thinking because in the game you could just go ahead randomly shoot people take a car run away repaint the car so you just change the color of the car, paint of the car and uh, they'll stop chasing you what yeah, kind you, of logic is there yeah you just enter the garage like they'll take like 5 seconds to change the uh, paint, do the paint job and you're you're done and sometimes what happens is that they don't even change the paint color they'll paint the same color and the cops are like oh oh where did <laughs> he go where hey. did he go <laughs> what i think these guys would have thought the same thing what color did you say the car was blue dark blue maybe Chevrolet. it was black before Capri. so they just you know after the killings they just took it to a garage yeah. and actually one uh, one uh, interesting fact is that they the the car was actually used as an undercover police uh, vehicle Wow. prior to that it was a 1990 uh blue dark blue chevy 
I, I remember seeing the scene in uh, Fast and Furious where they kind of steal police cars and they ah. do a race with that. I thought those things are impossible in the real world, but looks like it's not. No, no, they didn't steal it from the cops. Like they would have thrown <laughs> it off, right? You know. Yeah. So, so, before off, yeah. you, so how did they identify it was a cop car before? After getting the car, only they got to know. I'm pretty sure it'll have that. a history and all that. Yeah, they got the registration number. It was a New Jersey registered number, which made it easier for them to find it in Washington D. Yeah, cool. I basically. think we have, we have gone yeah, we far have away from the topic, so let's come back. Seriously, it's like how the cops went got sidetracked because of some of the stupid things which the media and even the cops did. But what we spoke was not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the second day, October third. they they killed four people within the span of 2 hours in the morning so there was a major frenzy which happened and like people were outraged and they were like super scared to even get out so some of the killings happened at the parking lot where people are just shopping and they coming they put stuffing their car with all the things which they have shopped and suddenly you get a bullet through your head you can't even imagine how scary that would be like you're just walking through the park and you're scared like any second you can be hit by a bullet that's like being in the front line of a war sometime during the world war or any other war for the matter yeah but at least you know that you you're doing something that you have some defense like you have a gun with you but here you're like defenseless so the same day october 3rd at uh, around like night 9 o'clock or something they killed another person too so the second day five killings happened first day there was one second day five so in total within like two days there were like six killings and it went on these guys seems to seem to be really fast in the way they to do the things because the previous ones the serial killers we spoke about the, i think there were weeks months or in some cases even years uh, of gap between killings right but these guys are like you know oh we got couple of hours why don't we kill few people here and then go to the next state and then do some more killing there and by night we'll do a couple of the more and by tomorrow we'll have like 6 it's to 10 it's like things. ordering pizzas you know like i'm hungry right now i'll order one later on like i'm hungry again i'll order something else so yeah talking about the people who did this so we didn't get into details right so john allen mohammed he was a army officer who was suspended because of his rash behavior and what he did was uh, while in the army he got uh, angry because of something and he threw one uh, grenade into a tent which was filled with soldiers so wow. yeah but no one that, got killed <laughs> that's such a small thing to do man <laughs> I, i mean i'm just pissed off i'm going to throw this grenade into the tent yeah so no one got like no one got fatally injured like some people got injured but it was okay but still yeah he was fired and so uh, don't they have this psychological test and all those things when before you get into army see that's the whole thing you know psychos will get through those kind of psychological tests don't you think so like that's that that's the thing man that's the thing uh, yeah that's a fail uh, as far as i'm concerned yeah so he uh, got fired and uh, he was living with his second wife who uh, had a very bad relationship with him like they had two uh, children and uh, she wanted to uh, get divorced and she got divorced and she got the custody of the kids so he was generally angry and uh, it is said that the whole killing spree was just an elaborate plan to kill his wife so before i talk more about that we have to talk about the second person uh, who's involved in the murder his name uh, is uh, lee boyd malvo he was 17 years old at the time when he committed all these crimes and uh, john allen mohammed was uh, 41 yeah you know that kind of reinforces my theory of gta 
<laughs> probably he played a lot of liberty city yeah so this uh, lee boyd malvo uh, was uh, from the caribbean um john allen mohammed actually helped him and his mother to uh, immigrate to the us in like through illegal ways so they were already you know very much indebted to uh, this guy and uh, malvo actually considered him to be a father figure because he didn't have a father so in the legal ways means unlike prison break where anything is possible right moving from one country to the other no illegal way oh illegal yeah, way I you didn't illegal. say legal okay i, said I thought legal so yeah. he's done that in an illegal way yeah. but why why what is the reason for that why should uh, he yeah we still don't know about it uh, the the funny part is we don't have a solid motive which is uh, figured out from john allen mohammed for why he committed the crimes it's all just speculation speculations even now he's dead you know he he was killed through lethal injection in 2009 spoiler and, alert yeah spoiler alert what spoiler <laughs> anyway we're going to talk about this is not a fiction but, but you said right? that it, it, people think that it's because he wanted to kill his wife yeah so what they say is that um, he killed people in random so that uh, his ex-wife who is living in washington dc at some point of time he could just kill uh, her and But not be suspected of uh, killing her <laughs> as the ex-husband who is angry at her. man this is too much but anyway she is ex-wife what is the problem he is having with her now kids oh, the custody okay. of kids and he was like angry when she got the custody of kids of course like that's a proper motive right don't you think so it's like a proper motive to kill someone i don't think i'll kill anyone for kids custody i'm talking stuff. about psycho oh yeah <laughs> psychopath then you will you are also involved but yeah i'll give you that exception card anyway uh, yeah so lee boyd malvo he uh, considered uh, john allen mohammed as a father figure and uh, they actually passed off as uh, father and son at some circumstances so i have i have to note it here that uh, they both are black uh, males and uh, malvo and uh, john used to like practice shooting at uh, his home in tacoma washington so uh, they actually had perpetrated the plan like long before this shooting spree happened in washington so there was a preliminary shooting which happened before that uh, it started in february of 2002 where they killed uh, one of John's ex-wife's friend's niece. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out John's okay. ex-wife's friend's niece. I'll give you the connection. So John was not friend with that lady. Ex-wife's friend. Okay, I'll 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 give you uh, like a proper explanation. Like on February 16th they killed a person, a lady called Coop. Uh her aunt was John's ex-wife's friend. And this aunt, she had actually supported her to get divorced from John. Well, she had a good reason, I think. Yeah. so that shows like how angry he was and they went ahead and committed uh, six more murders like in total the preliminary sh- shooting happened from february to september and it happened at different places ranging from you know washington to uh, maryland virginia and then uh, alabama too arizona i think arizona is there alabama too yeah that but arizona is pretty far from this place the way <laughs> the way it's been described preliminary shooting it sounds like some practice shooting for exactly, the things that is coming up exactly that's the thing you know from february to uh, september 2002 they actually uh, like killed people in random like taking their own time you know perfecting their methods and uh, this happened in different states so so no one got to know that there was like uh, a connection between all these murders and the cops were able to solve this only after they caught 
Malvo and Alan. So there was a preliminary shooting which happened from February to say, uh, like September where they killed uh, seven people and injured like around 10 people. And uh, so so after that, uh, once they reached Washington, they were like, okay, now it's time to do our stuff and, you know, kill people in random and finally probably kill my ex-wife too. Well, I'm not supporting this, but I won't blame them for taking some time to practice because uh, being a sniper shooter is a pretty difficult job. Uh, if you if you don't know, it's not like any other shooting where you just pick up a gun and randomly shoot at people, uh, you know, aiming it at them. Sniper requires a lot of accuracy and, you know, uh, um, concentration and all that stuff, right? Well, um, most of the armies and other armed forces around the world, they have snipers. Um, they are trained in a very different way from a normal, um, normal army personnel. And in fact, they are uh, more of cost effective to the armed forces as well. The reason being the ratio of kill uh, compared to any other uh, kind of, let's say, artillery or cavalry or whatever it is. A ratio of kill is much more for a sniper because... They don't waste their bullets. Like at least in if you they, if they fire ten rounds, maybe there is a good percentage of that goes and hits the target, right? So they are spending less on getting the job done, right? Like killing high-profile uh, yeah. enemies of the state and stuff. Like, so um, let's say if you take a war, you're firing a lot of rounds which are going waste. So that being considered, being a sniper, you know, having a sniper in the team is like cost-effective for the country. Yeah, but. The downside is that it only works like long long range. You can't shoot a person with a sniper when you're like in close range because there's a good possibility that the other person can tackle you or something. Well, yeah. talking about long range, the record for the longest sniper kill is by a British corporal called Craig Harrison, uh, who in 2009, I think, in Afghanistan, killed two Taliban militants from a distance of 2.47 kilometers. Wow, I've I've read about that. It took almost like ten to fifteen seconds to reach the uh, six, like for the six seconds. Six seconds. Yeah, that's it. But the f- interesting fact is uh, the precision that is required. It's easy to think that okay, he just aimed the, aimed them through the scope and just shot at them. But look at this: the biggest enemies for a sniper is gravity and wind, right? In this shot, which he made, like 2.47 kilometers of tra- uh, distance that the bullet is traveling, right? If there was a 3.5 to 4 kilometer per hour wind, that will move the bullet around 9 meters from off the target. Wow. So, if, before you even take the shot, you have to know the wind speed and do the corrections uh, and calculations and all that stuff and shoot. So, it's not just uh, aiming and shooting, it's a lot of mathematics as well. And they are also trained to shoot between heartbeats, so they don't shoot when the heartbeat when uh, when the heart beats because it kind of affects the finger and all that. Some I mean, it's all about precision, right? So they know how to keep their heartbeats very slow, even in the even if it is a desert or even if it is a very uh, difficult terrain, and they shoot in between the heartbeats. So that's kind of an interesting thing which snipers do and snipers are not a thing of recent uh, history they have been around since world war right in world war Two, germany had a lot of snipers and they were rewarded as well you know what was a reward if you make 50 kills you get a wristwatch that's so nice yeah you'll get to know the time yeah <laughs> well if you make 100 kills you will get a hunting rifle if you make 150 kills which is considered to be a you know major feat you get a hunting trip with your commander Wow, I'd be so <laughs> stoked. Well, that but 
the boss of snipers is a guy called uh, Simo Haiha who was a Finnish army guy in uh, Finland I think in 1939 to 40 they had a one year mandatory service in the military that is how he joined the army and he became a sniper guy that was a time during world war where soviet union decided had a plan of invading uh, finland as a part of their expansion and stuff and i think around a very small number of finnish soldiers were facing around 400 4000 soviet soldiers small when i say small number i think it was below 100 i don't remember the number off top top of my head so haiha was one of the snipers they had hired and he worked in a very uh, different way he was on duty for 100 days you know how many kills he made during that time 500 exactly he made 500 kills 500 exact yeah let's give say and take. give and take one or two okay that was just a you know wild <laughs> guess yeah so he what, what do i get you get a wrist watch so what he did he used to do was he used to start from his base in the morning or whichever time he used to take only he used to take ammunition and food for only one day he used to never take extra stuff so that he can hide himself completely he used to wear this snow uh, jacket the white, white in color yeah because finland was mostly snowy at that time and he never used to use a rifle with a scope optical scope because he said that the light falls on the glass and it reflection. reflects and all that so he used to use a traditional old iron uh, scope which you see in normal guns and stuff and he made a killing spree of around 500 soviet soldiers they used to call him white death and they were, they actually spe- sent spent a lot of money trying to take him down sending artillery and all that and one of the uh, soviet snipers bullet actually hit him on the left side of his jaw and he was temporarily disfigured due to that but he lived on to li- uh, you know carry on living his life for around 97 years when wow. he died so probably. i'm just thinking at the top of my head it would be like he'll wake up he'll be like, oh yeah it's a nice day let me go j- do my job he'll just go out there and y- kill people you know what <laughs> after all this uh, i think a journalist asked him this question what do you feel about killing so many people do you feel remorse you know what he said i had a job and all i was thinking that i had to do it well that's it i'm pretty sure so he felt the same way of course <laughs> okay so anyway like let's get back to the point and uh, so um like within two days there were like around six murders which happened and it carried on for the next few days the cops they started collecting evidences and like talk to the vic- uh, witnesses and uh, even the media was very much you know behind this case and they were like broadcasting 24/7 live and all that earlier they got this uh, someone some witness told them that uh, there was this white box kind of van like a truck uh where they saw, saw someone holding a gun and all that so the first case was that they thought uh the murderers they had a isuzu is it isuzu or like isuzu i don't know well whatever you think yeah isuzu right. sounds cooler i'll make it american yeah isuzu uh white box van it's like a it's like a huge van uh through which they conducted this murders So that was not the case as I told you it was actually a blue dark blue Chevy uh, Caprice and because of that the investigation got sidetracked and they 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 stopped all the white Isuzus they could find over the next 3 weeks and they questioned them they even arrested some of them they took them to custody and you know wasted a lot of time on that and the media also supported on that and you know what happens when all these kind of stuff happens right you have this pundits like the critics and all those kind of people like crime uh, masters who 
talk and speak about this stuff they'll uh, who are not officially involved in the case they'd come on tv they talk about their views if you remember that monkey man thing uh, there were like lot of people coming and talking <laughs> about it like you know it's a it's an alien yeah. or whatever in, in fact uh, within couple of, i think we did an episode about this very very long back during our early days i'm speaking as though it was years ago no it was just few months uh, i remember when the monkey man incident came out within two days people started coming up with weird stories like uh, you know it could change its shape and it had a metal helmet and it had this light coming out of its forehead and it was some people even said that it's a um, robot sent un- uh, sent through underground tunnel from pakistan by IS- isi agents it was ridiculous yeah so that's the public who are saying this right these are experts okay you, so what they uh, the, the 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 thing that they came up with was that uh, the murderers are white there are like two of them probably a man and a woman because Uh, their explanation for saying that was because uh, two men cannot you know work out who to take the shot and all that they'll fight <laughs> fight uh, you know fight when it comes to who takes the shot and the man was the had the upper hand when it comes to have that have they heard of something called flipping a coin i don't know man but there is one other funny fact like they said that they are uh, the two are white you know how they came up with that conclusion what because only white people can shoot because 80% of the serial killers who existed over all around the united states are white oh man they based on that data yes they didn't have a solid proof but they were like you know 80% of serial killing happening in the united states it's committed by white if you take like ted bundy jeffrey dahmer they are all white so probably this is also done by whites that's And such a wrong way to even start uh, speculating about these kind of things right yeah and you know because of this the public thought like they're traveling in isuzu uh, trucks and uh, they have uh, they are white in complexion and probably like a white male and a white woman and obviously they'll miss out the dark uh, blue capris <laughs> chevrolet capris which carries like, two black men going around there killing people so this this well, is the kind of work which media did i'm just trying to imagine a couple who white couple who owned a isuzu van and they were just driving it around their neighborhood and all the people hiding away from them Yeah so because of the media there were like lot of uh, issues happening when it came to this case and the funny part was even the cops were not do- doing their proper work because they came up with the conclusion that the Isuzu is the uh, ve- vehicle used by the murderers and uh, the investigator put in place was his name was Charles Moose and he assured everyone that they'll put things in place and they'll work things out and uh, you know even especially the children they are safe and nothing will happen to them so this happened on october 6th of october 2002 and the very next day what these murderers did was they went to the school and uh, shot one uh, 13 year old boy named uh, iron brown so basically whatever the cops said was the thing that triggered them to do this yes so this boy had like badly injured liver and pancreas but he he was he survived thankfully this is why you should not make hollow promises yeah this is one instance where the cops provoked them to do something and there was another instance where uh, the media said something along the lines of you know no one have like got shot uh, filling petrol uh, at petrol bum- bunks and the ne- very next day uh, one person was killed who was filling petrol at a petrol bunk so there was speculation that uh, the murderers were using a blue dark blue chevy caprice but they the cops actually suspended that uh, thing saying that it's actually an isuzu and october 8th 
they found that same dark blue capris uh, at one of the roads like two people were like sleeping uh, inside the car and one of the cops they came uh, came up to the car and they asked him to open the door and like talk to him like why are you sleeping here so the person which was uh, john allen he said that they were like traveling a lot so they were tra- taking a you know rest stop and sleeping and there was like prop- no proper procedure to like check their car because it's against a constitution so the cop had to leave them just uh, giving them a ticket so that's one instance where they were like caught red hand but they escaped so this is one instance where the cops were at fault and there was another issue as i told you like the, the cops or anyone did not know what their motive was behind this killing and later on uh, they started receiving clues and like letters even tarot cards with written words on that saying that call us god and uh, don't reveal this to the press and guess what happened uh, some of the informants who were with the police force they leaked it to the media and me like everyone got to know about this the communication which was happening between the uh, murderers and the police the police was actually like trying to communicate with them and you know like try to strike a deal and over that they received another letter a four page letter saying that you know boasting about what they'll do how they'll kill kids and they said that no one will be safe so what we want is like 10 million dollars you'll have to wire it to us and all that so uh chief uh, charles moose he took this opportunity to like talk to the murderers through media and uh, address them as god and say that you know th- this is not going to happen like wire transferring 10 million is not going to happen so uh, just give us a call and we'll talk and see how we can negotiate so uh, he, they 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 started communicating like that but the f- the funniest part was when the nation is under such frenzy right you you'll get a lot of tips and people calling to report crimes and all that there were like thousands of calls coming to these helplines every day and there were like a few clues which uh, the cops missed out because watching these crimes there was this person named robert holmes who was actually a friend of uh, john allen when he was in the army and uh, knowing how this crimes happened he was sure that this guy might have a hand to play in this so what robert holmes did was he called the helpline and reported there is a chance that john allen mohammed might be associated with this crime you have to check into that but it got completely lost during the investigation because there were like tons of calls coming up to the helpline every day and uh, like as said uh, charles moose wanted them to call the police the murderers so that they can negotiate and malu actually called them so that they can negotiate and get the 10 million dollars but the thing is there is no way to like convince the cops that they are the real uh, culprit right because a lot of people even call and say that yeah hey, i am the i am the dc sniper so they couldn't figure out a few times and he actually got angry trying to prove that he himself is the killer oh, it's like so so messed up like this is insane people try to prove that they are not the killers this guy is trying to prove that he is a killer and he got angry with it uh, you know why that happened because they used to get a lot of calls saying that i am the killer so yeah uh, and they try to give clues that say uh, like which can connect them to the crime scene and all that mm. so what malvo finally did was he said that uh, you remember that crime which happened in uh, montgomery alabama like a month ago go check it out you might like we did that okay so that's how he got the attention of the cops and the cops were actually tapping the call and 
they actually traced it back to one of the you know uh, pay phones but the thing was they were like one minute late they had already escaped so when they got this information they went to montgomery and uh, checked up with what had happened there so there was a shop which was robbed and one person was killed there so uh, they got some evidence from there and one fingerprint which matched uh, malvo's so malvo uh, like through malvo's connection they got to know that he is actually associated with john allen at that time and talking about john allen they came to know about the tip which they received from robert holmes so connecting all the dots they came to know that it's john allen and malvo who were behind the crimes and they figured out that it was not actually the isuzu which uh, was used by the murderers to commit the crime and it was actually the dark blue chevy caprice and they uh, went to tacoma where uh, John Allen decided and found dug up the backyard and found that there were like a lot of casings and there was a tree where, on which they practiced but the issue was the media whole media was behind the whole thing and they actually broadcasted the cops digging up the uh, backyard and everything live okay so probably like these these guys could <laughs> see this and you know flee the place the, the, uh, my the question that i have is which is confusing me is why are they telling the media about the fact that they are going to dig up the backyard and stuff yeah see uh, because is there a is there a clause where it says that anything that cops know should be leaked to the media or something no 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 like no, no. For what happened there was like there was there's another explanation some people did not like the way charles moose worked so uh, those were the people who were working with them the cops only so these these cops they actually uh, released this information to the media is what is said so uh, digging up uh, the backyard of john allen's place and like his home yeah they got even more evidences which could connect them to the murders and they released the information that uh, the dark blue chevy caprice with a new jersey registration if you find that you should give us information the media also like publi- uh, publicly announced this and they were actually like fearing that they would dump the car and like you know run off so on uh, october 23rd after like the murder of 10 people and injuring three people the cops finally got a break like uh, there was this person a uh, uh, fridge repairman who actually drove the same car uh, dark blue chevy i i think it was a different color but he was driving a chevy caprice he was like going through the high uh, like highway interstate uh, in washington tc and he was like you know they are driving the same car so what if i get stopped so he was on a lookout to find uh, like a car which might be similar to uh, these so he took a turn like he wanted to uh, get a break for like some time and he took a turn and parked it onto the side and there he could find a dark blue uh, chevy capri like lying there uh, like right in front of him so he just backed out and he gave a call to 911 saying that see this is there is a new jersey registered dark blue chevy uh, at this place and the cops reached there right th- right away but they didn't know how to approach them right so they they rehearsed it for like one one and a half hours and uh, at around like 3:15 am on october 24th they approached the car they pulled out the door and these two were arrested and they didn't resist at all it said that when they they told them that they were arrested they just put up their hands and waited they were like but this calm this, and cool. this sounds a little uh, unreal to me that a person with the same car just drove around and accidentally bumped into these guys yeah he was actually coming back from work yeah, but why why was he the person to see probably because he had the same car and he was looking out for it yeah i have realized one thing so um if you have something in your if you have a car in your mind right all of a sudden all you see on the road is the same model car 
maybe he, that is what happened here as well many would have probably seen and seen this car pass by and they wouldn't have noticed because this guy was on a lookout he just caught it yeah uh, i felt that too like if you think that one car is like very good looking and all that when you travel outside you'd definitely be able to like uh, catch the glimpse of the car which you have in your mind a lot more times than the other cars so probably that's what happened it it, it turns out to be a great coincidence which helped cops catch these guys and uh, after they were caught uh, they were tried and uh, like they were tried uh, not together because they wanted to get information from both of them so if they are uh, like tried together they could corroborate with each other like hearing uh, what uh, the other said right so they got to know that it was not on october 2nd that they started the killing spree and it was actually february 16th and they could connect all the 17 murders with uh, with these two guys and uh, like there was a lot of investigation which happened on the basis of what the motive was but john allen never did really give a reason for why uh, they con- like conducted this uh, series of murders but Mal- what malvo said that it's it's anger greed and revenge so that's a conclusion which the cops came up with like uh, they were ang- like he was angry with what happened to his kids like how the custody was taken away from him and uh, his ex-wife she divorced him and the greed which was a part which made them like send letters asking for like 10 million dollars to be wired to them and uh, also revenge he wanted to take revenge so at some point of time he wanted to like randomly make it feel like it was random and kill his ex-wife and probably get the custody of his kids so this is one instance where a whole state was under like a proper lockdown kind of thing where people were like scared to even go out because you never know when you're going to get the bullet through your brains She's like a bullet through <laughs> your brains yeah it reminded me of ricky martin yeah <laughs> anyway uh, but yeah of course that would have been a very scary thing um i wouldn't want to be in a position where i have to think twice before getting out of my house just going to do normal things like going for work or going to school or something like that well this is probably one of the serial killer episode which i am kind of okay with because there is not much of uh, violence and goriness involved but again an in- interesting case yeah and we didn't talk about how they work with the chevy right so what they did was they uh, put two holes through the trunk of the car and they modified the back of the car so that the seat can be folded so uh, john allen was the person who would assess the place and malvo is the one who would choose the target he would go to the back of the car he would remove the seat he'd lie down and use the two holes which was made in the trunk uh, to put the rifle through and the other one to use as a scope and he would choose the target and shoot them so that's the kind of modus operandi they had and uh, after the trials john allen mohammed was you know sentenced to death and it was carried out in uh, 2009 he was uh, killed uh, through le- lethal injections and malvo is currently serving life sentence yeah i think malvo got a, a six co- six consecutive life sentences without a parole yeah but to in 2017 uh, this was overturned and i think he's getting a hearing again probably yeah. he might not uh, be released or something his six life sentences might get reduced to one uh, or But something like that it doesn't make any difference yeah. uh, you know there's no point actually six reduced to one like if it's reduced to half yeah then but how will you figure out what's half yeah that's why there is no half <laughs> there's no half life it's sentence either full life sentence or i mean the difference <laughs> that's the difference time. between um, american system and in india 
In India, I think the life sentence means 12 years. 12 or 16, right? I don't know. I think it's 12 or... Okay, yeah. whatever it is. I think they, they... It's more... It's not a life sentence, if you ask me. But in US, if they say life sentence, it's life. Yeah. I think uh, why it's not like proper life sentence is here. Like, we have a lot more people than the US. Well, if you put people for life sentence for their entire lives, yeah. then we'll have to build more jails probably. But... US is a country with most most number of people in jails if yeah, i'm not yeah, wrong. Yeah. Uh, that's because they like compared to India. Yeah. Compared to India they have an efficient system. Yes. Don't you think so because in India you can get away with a lot of things after doing a lot of bad stuff. 